All right, Joel. When's the market crashing? That's what we're talking about. Welcome to the Utah Real Estate Show podcast, the show where two agents and a lender teach real estate best practices by talking through mistakes we've seen and made. Well, we're going to wait nine months to buy. You don't know what that is. And unless you can outsave the growth, you're actually going backwards. Yeah, yeah. Right? you're losing well, ground. And, and we've, we've all and seen clients do that. There is no financial planner on the planet that will tell you you can time any market. It doesn't no. matter if it's stock market, well, market, market. Don't listen to them. It's, them. The, <laughs> it's yeah. the real estate market, whatever. You cannot time the market. Quit trying. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Utah Real Estate Show. I am Tyler Kazare, Utah Real Estate Agent. Jason Christiansen, Mortgage Lender. Eric West, Utah Real Estate Agent. And we have a special guest, my good friend, Joel Frost, appraiser. Extraordinaire. Thank you, my friends. It's good to be here. Today we're talking about market conditions, like what's going on. Yes, yes we are. I have my nerd box here on the table, guys. I'm sorry, you have to look at this the whole time because we're gonna be looking at stuff and what, we'll, we'll cut in on your screen, what we're seeing on our screen too. The bubble's bursting, right? I mean, I keep hearing this is what's happening in 2008. I'm waiting for the market to crash. Yes. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you what I hear? Yes. Because I hear this all the time. The moratorium's <laughs> gonna end, right? All these people are gonna get kicked out of their houses. There's gonna be so many houses that are vacant. Yeah, there's, okay, so there's some truth in this, but there's a lot of misunderstanding. Okay. Where are the people gonna go? Exactly. To another that's rental. actually why it's not gonna, <laughs> that's why the bubble's not gonna break. Okay, so first of all, we are not in a bubble. The definition of a bubble, I think I think you said this, the definition of a bubble is that it's hollow. There's nothing on the inside, there's nothing driving it. And as soon as it bursts, it's gone. Well, no, there's, so, there's, it's just artificially driven. Well, let's talk about 08 really quick. Okay, okay so the, there was lots of fuel to the fire, but one of the biggest thing was investors didn't think that mortgages could fail. So you had people who couldn't qualify for homes who were buying homes because they won't fail. And so you had people, um, very low wage earners who owned five homes, who were floating the payment, who were just churning it. They would buy the home, in a few months they'd sell it for a few thousand more. Right. Over and over and over, the homes were never mm -hmm. occupied. That's what was going on. Lots of inventory. Yeah, and there, I mean, there were two sides to there. I mean, a lot of people accused the mortgage industry, especially. Yep, of, helped out of for sure. Poor decisions. But the, the point is that that was a bubble. And when it burst, it had a catastrophic effect, which we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast, on the housing market. And if you guys lived through 2008, which all of us did, it hurt. It hurt a lot because. Homes that were valued at the time at $200,000 were suddenly a year later worth $120,000. But worse than that, homes that were valued at 1.5 million were now worth 700, 600. Right. So that was a huge thing. And the term is underwater, right? When your payment is, when you owe more when on you your house more than, than it's, it's actually worth. worth, it's said to be underwater. And in 2008, there was a lot of underwater. And that, that was a bubble and it broke. And there's a similarity, right? Because we've had values take off and they had values take off and this is why people associate the two they see the same trend they're like "Ooh, look at this value trend going and they go what 2008 was a bubble it popped i don't know what happened we're gonna today. wait we're gonna wait for values to fall and i have so personal story of a friend of mine i won't name this friend but uh name him no, not his name. name is Tyler. They went. <laughs> no, they, they <laughs> looked at the house. So I showed them the house. It wasn't me. Anyway, they, they went to go look at this house 
and, and it was in 2019. And this house was outside their budget. They weren't. They didn't have enough money. They had uh, for the down payment. They didn't have enough money to make this happen. And so they said, "No, we're going to walk away from it." I begged them to purchase that house. Turned out that house didn't sell, but it came on the market another. I think it was eight months later, and it was seventy thousand dollars more. Dude, I I helped clients that they started looking at the beginning of this year. Uh-huh. And it took them three months to buy, and the same type of house, same structure, same floor plan went up fifty thousand dollars in three months. Definitely. And the question I love to ask my friend, who is now wallowing in their investment pain because they didn't end up buying a house. <laughs> they're so pity. Um, they, yeah, they're so pity. Um, they didn't buy the house, and and I asked them, "Well, did you save eighty thousand dollars <laughs> in the amount of time that it took you for this house to appreciate eighty thousand dollars? If not," should have bought the house, right? Yeah. And so, and people look at me like, well, you're a real estate agent, you have a vested interest. Like, you, right. you want, you just want me to buy houses. And the answer is no. There are solid economics. I, I make money when you buy a house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Let me you make money when you buy houses. Like I'm not, I, we are self-interested, this is true. But the, the, the association with a bubble is not an accurate comparison. Right. There are solid economics driving the Utah market and the overall U.S. market. Oh, so let's talk about the bubble that is Utah, though. Okay. Because we have a plethora of overeducated, underemployed, ready-to-work people. Yes. So when – because I do think that there will be an interesting event in, like, New York where people – where there's a lot of – people renting for free and owning their homes for free and they may leave yes. to follow the jobs but also we've got tons of jobs waiting that, here that's actually what's driving it because this is this is the first indicator it's not a bubble if there are jobs driving the attraction of people to the state that's not a bubble well it's a supply and demand too i mean both jobs and homes we don't have enough homes literally oh. enough for the demand that is coming in because there is an industry here as well. Yeah. And talk. it's a growing industry. What was that? Third quarter of 2019? Oh yeah. Was that? Sorry, it's time for it's time for nerd Time graphs. for a graph. So typically we have homes go on the market, homes get sold. Mm-hmm. Like this. There's typically more get listed <laughs> than get sold. Right. In a, in right. a given and they follow. Mm-hmm. Which well, is which is the green line in the in the black. Third quarter. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Third quarter of 2020. When the homes listed goes boop and homes sold goes ping. (laughs) What does that mean, Jason? Yeah, the ert and the ping. (coughs) There's no more homes. They all sold. Everyone that got listed, well, as far as you can see on the graph, it's really close. And inventory goes to what? And we all know what you pay for a hamburger in Disneyland. Because how many hamburger joints are in Disneyland? Not enough. It's arbitrarily low so that they can charge Whatever they want. So when there's no homes available, mm-hmm. what's the price? Whatever they want. It goes way up. Right? So whatever you can get an appraiser to appraise it. That's true. No, and because they, were, they came the in bank. with cash. I yeah. mean, I had clients that were cashing out their inheritance early yeah. to come yeah. in and pay 50000 over. Right, we're putting 5% down. So he didn't even matter anymore. And then the cost to cure. A little bit. Can I matter a little? Okay. You matter to me. (laughs) Okay, so, but this, okay, so this is, I just wanted to, I want to start a discussion with, this is not a bubble. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about townhomes. And actually, oh, yeah. Joel, I want oh, you to talk yeah. about townhomes because townhomes yeah. are the identifier. Yeah. For me, this is, it's a real good cheat sheet for you guys to use as identifying like what is the market doing. Because townhomes are these really local uh, markets where everything's roughly the same. And you can see trends in a townhome development really easily because if all of the townhomes have a two-car garage and they're all two stories and most of them have a basement finish, you can track what's happening real easy. And like in Harriman in November of 2020, so not even a year ago, we're talking, what is that, nine, ten months ago from right now, mm-hmm. there was a, a townhome that uh, one of my friends was looking at. It was 315000 Should have bought it. That in, in June... <laughs> The same town. It was a it was a townhome in the same development, competing under contract at four hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. So a hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars in that time period. Is what was the time period again? From from Ten November, months. from November to June. So yeah. we went, and this is yeah. this is it increased a third or yeah. to a quarter, like yeah. right in that range in half a year. But that's what half a year. Yeah. That, so so from the time that you indicated where those two dots meet to six months later it was they had gone up a hundred thousand dollars and so anyway I tell you that to show you like an extreme example but also like townhomes are really good for identifying trends because you can see oh hey this this development went up 20 grand this year this development went up 30 grand this year this development went up 100 <laughs> grand this six past six months yeah. so it's a good cheat sheet I think townhomes and condos are great cheat sheets Right, so that gives us an idea of how to evaluate kind of apples to apples, like this development to that development. Geographically, you can kind of pick those and say, this area is ascending at this rate, appreciating yes. at this rate. Yeah. Okay, so that actually brings me to my next topic, which is which is housing starts, right? And what, uh, Wait, what does a housing start? How, housing start. Housing start is a li- housing listing. <laughs> okay, so housing start um, is a permit from a builder to put a house on a lot. Right. From a municipality, from a city to put a building on. Right. right, right. And so it is It is the, the most bare bones, naked estimate of how many homes are we building? We want to build a home. Yeah. Can we have a permit? Right, there you yes. go. Yes. Okay. How many homes did we build in 2007 as a nation? We're talking about the entire United States right now. Is it 24 million? 2.3 2. 2. million. 2.3 million in the one year. Right. Yeah, 2.3. Right. Oh, seven. So, so that trend is continuing, right? The need, okay, so that trend loosely follows is this Utah? No, this is, this is all the United States. Except for in 2007 when they were building homes and they were sitting empty. I mean, this is what the bubble was. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a second and what effect that had. But let's just talk in case, as if there were no 2008, right? Um, meaning it, it just kept right on building. That number of housing starts tracks with the population growth. How many people are graduating from college? How many people are going out in the workplace? How many people are having families, having kids and starting their families? That trend is the demand for homes. 2.4 million homes. Yeah, and we now, have a steady need of new home starts right. as a nation and as a state. We Ironically, have have when we starts. stopped building homes, the housing starts went down. You can see in this graph in 2008, the housing starts went down to 500,000. Not 2.4 million. So we're underbuilding by 75%. We're missing a million five homes. So there is a demand, a higher demand for housing, but there are fewer and fewer homes. Now this trend, 
Joel, you can talk about this. Like, how thick are these these smaller trends in the 1980s and 1990s? Well, they coincide with recessions, depressions. Kind yeah, of these, right? yeah, yeah, these depressions. They're, they're very, these ones are very narrow. <laughs> yeah. And then that and one drops, has to end. Drops. Yeah. That's a, that's Yeah, a, this was super wide. Yeah. And that's actually the problem I want to talk about. Yes. Because in 2008, we start this this trend of only building a few homes per year and we are underbuilding by a million five and then a, and then a million four and million three and we are underbuilding by over a million homes every single year that's not because we don't have people that need to fill those homes that is because we're not building those homes and this has a twofold problem because now we don't have the inventory we have a higher population so a low supply a high demand and on top of it what does it say if you're graduating from college and the housing market just took a dump and, yeah. and you were graduating in uh, like construction management, like yeah. you might not graduate this year or you might change your major. You're not going into construction management yeah. anymore. Everyone switched jobs. And for three, four years, there was a lot of hesitation about is the housing market going to recover? How soon is it going to recover? Yeah. And by the time, by like 12, 13, when people started realizing, okay, we're going to be okay one day. Mm-hmm. Everyone already shifted their job focus. Yeah. And like and, and, and builders weren't really doing their thing anymore. Builders had gone out of business. So like we just aren't in the mode of creating houses. Yeah. We got burned too so, bad. So let me make it clear, there was a housing surplus in 08. Yes. There was too many houses. Sure. And that that took time that was to problem. be absorbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And everybody's like, we don't need houses. We're leaving the trades. So now we have a shortage of tradesmen. Lumber's expensive. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people who needs home need homes, mm-hmm. and they're just not being built fast enough or becoming available enough. And the other yes. thing that's really interesting to note is there's investors. So, like a lot of people think, oh, a, a home is built, a home is sold. There's obviously a family who owns the home who's in this home. Mm-hmm. But I know quite a few people who, when the market gets good and they've been watching the market and they have money, they're gonna pick up some real estate as investments. Everyone who's owned a home over the past 10 years has two, $300,000 of equity. Yeah. And all of them are investors now because they all are leveraging that. And why wouldn't you? So yeah. everyone now is an investor because everyone has at least a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Right? So some of these homes now, and for buying power, pick and giggle, should we play this game really quick? Yeah. yeah. So. so Go ahead. Average price of home oh. in Utah. We're, we're, we're at, saying yeah, we're four fifty right now. Four hundred fifty thousand yep. average. Okay, so you take four hundred fifty thousand. What's the minimum down payment? Usual. Let's go five percent. Five percent. So you've got a loan amount of four twenty seven five hundred. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good average interest rate right now three percent. You've seen signs for lower, sometimes higher, but let's say three sure. percent. Let's make an easy number. Now three percent is a crazy good interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. So this puts principal and interest payment just over eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. What happens if this is 4%, which is still a good interest rate? Guesses? Well, How much does your payment go up? It's going to go up at least what? a couple hundred bucks. 200 bucks, 300 bucks? 200 bucks, it goes up, right? Two, your number is two, 240, 238. Yeah, so we went from 18 to 2040. Yeah. 1802 yeah. to 2040, okay? So, What's that in buying power, though? So let's go backwards. So that payment of 2040 at 3%, how much buying power is that? That takes you from your 427 to 484. 
So that 1% drop in interest rate is $60,000 of house. <laughs> so what we're sort of getting at here, the word we're getting at is affordability, right? Because there's no one in Utah saying affordability is getting better because it ain't. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of dollars or like salary, raises, wages, um, that people are getting is not increasing commensurate with the price of housing. Yeah. Which means with that in general, um, your wage is going up at this like general slope, um, maybe not very sloping, but it's it's going Hopefully exactly. it's going up. Yes. What, what's average cost of living? You get a 5% raise a year? No, that's 2%. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in that Be- range. Between 2 and 5% depends on, there's a lot of tech here, so mm-hmm. tech typically does more. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. said, like even at 5%, what, what was the appreciation last year, Joel? For the year? For the year in houses, in houses. just in general. In houses, uh, last, in 2020? Yeah. I think we're, I mean, it was definitely in the teens. Yeah. And it, I don't, it didn't go above 20. And, and you look at this this trend line on this, this map. This one, yeah, this one's going to be crazy. Like, it's insane. Like, between 2020 and 2021, we ended up with the average, the median price of homes going from 390 to 450. That's a $60,000 swing in two quarters. Yeah. That is absurdly high appreciation. Now, if you're a homeowner, dude, you're loving it, right? Because you're because everybody's an investor now. Well, it depends on what you do with it. Just because you have the equity doesn't necessarily mean that. Well, that's true. We can do another investing. podcast on how to utilize yeah. your equity. But so now if you're a renter, though, your affordability, like your ability to bring in dollars has been going up at 5%. Mm-hmm. Your, your, like the cost of your house asset has been going up by 20, the value, 30, Not 40%. Yeah, like it's like the ability for new homeowners to get in is not very high. Um, I was reading some statistics earlier this week that said um, five years ago, 70% of renters in Utah could afford to to purchase a new home, right? This year, 20%. Wow. Well, here's the thing, right? You buy a house, your payment's going to go up proportionately with the taxes and homeowner's insurance increases, right? Yeah. Of, the, of your escrow account. If you have a fixed rate mortgage, your escrow will adjust. So your payment might go up 20, maybe 80 bucks a month. I mean, if you're a really nice house, maybe hundred bucks a month, you know, mm-hmm. it's gonna change. Rentals are increasing 200 bucks a year uh, yeah. easily. Yeah. But why is that? What's driving that demand? It's it's worth it. The the if there's cost, a demand for the renters. It's right. because the renters got to live somewhere, man, and they can't get into houses for themselves. And that that money is expendable payment. That that which, just every year as the value of the home goes up. Yeah, the rent goes up. Well, and we also got to come back and look at of what we talked about earlier with tradesmen and just the work here in Utah. I mean, just in the last ten years, I mean, there's been a huge tech thing that's gone this way yeah okay so what does that mean there's a lot of people that live here in utah now that work back east or work for another that's country they don't have to live where they and are they working now money. so they're mm-hmm. they're here why a lot of them even are from bigger cities where they just rent they live in a downtown condo high-rise so when they come here they're okay living in the downtown condo high-rise right. because they're used to it well, I have so many people coming to Utah because of the family values we have here and the outdoors we have. Mm-hmm. Like tons of people, I have a friend from DC who came for the mountains. It's and people we are seeing some. value there. Well, that there's and four, there's 49 national parks and we have five of them. 
Yeah. In our state. Yeah. We have well, a disproportionately so, high yeah. amount of recreation in this yeah. state. Well, that and we also have a very good appreciation rate in the state crazy. too. So I mean, you go look at these <laughs> yeah. graphs and then you go compare them to other cities and other the states. Midwest, the South. There's so yeah. I mean, we're known for just having a very steady. So you want to buy uh, an investment property that you're looking for more appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a good place to have it. At. The only state that outdid us over this last crazy run is Idaho. And they beat us by a few points, but and then we were next, and then there was it was a distant third. Yeah, distance. So, but <laughs> everywhere's doing well. But Utah's doing really yeah. well. Yeah, and so like I had a question today uh, from a client. He just said he goes, "Well, what should I do? Like, when should I buy? When should I sell the home? Because we're going to have a bubble." And I just went back and said, "Well." I get asked that all the time. The best time to buy or sell is when you're thinking about it because you can't predict the future. You can do the best you can by looking at all this stuff. You do it and like what you guys were both saying, you had clients earlier that said, oh, well we're gonna wait nine months to buy. You don't know what that is and unless you can out save the growth, you're actually going backwards. Yeah, yeah. Right. you're losing well, ground. And, and we've, we've all and seen clients do that. There is no financial planner on the planet that will tell you you can time any market. It doesn't no. matter if it's a stock market, well, bond market. Don't listen to it's them. The, it's <laughs> yeah. the real estate market, whatever. You cannot time the market. Quit trying. Well, okay, so here's other things. Like if rates jump, your buying power is going to drastically decrease. Well, back on the rates real quick, yeah. too. There's a lot of people that are also saying rates are going up this year because of we had a massive dump of cash into this, which causes inflation. How do you combat inflation? You own an asset. You <laughs> you true. don't have money. You have something that's worth money because the thing that's worth money will be worth the same value regardless of what happens to the money. Right. And like, so the, this is a huge thing that I say, like if you can get your money into real estate, do it now because even if, if hyperinflation, if like, the conspiracy theorist stuff happens, barring a few wild scenarios, your real estate will hold its value. Mm-hmm. It will be worth something because people need a place to live and there's not enough places to live. Yeah, buy land, they're not making any more of it. No. Put a house on that, it's worth more. <laughs> Put a house on that, it's worth more. <laughs> exactly, well people gotta sleep somewhere. And and people will, I mean that's that's kind of the name of the game here. We've t- The whole time we've been talking about supply and demand. And the supply is low, the demand is high, which means the price is going up. Well, even now, like this month, it's cooled off a little bit. We're getting more inventory than we've had. Mm-hmm. And, and and people are, I'm hearing the market slowing down, which I'm seeing. Yes. But let's talk about well, what slowing let's, down let's is. Let's talk about June well, 28th. <laughs> well, I've seen a lot of stuff because I've also seen a record number of price drops on homes this past month. And people are like, oh, we're crashing. Yeah. No, it's because we were growing at a 40% increase and then now, it went. Now it's only a 10%. And, 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 <laughs> and then people are like, we're crashing. Well, no, it's just slowing down. We're not yeah. going down. It's still going up. Mm-hmm. It just has slowed down to a little bit more realistic rate. And people had priced their homes based off of this ridiculous thing. Yeah. So they've lowered the price to where it more should be. That doesn't yeah. mean that we're crashing. We- and, and and when we, it was going crazy, we were having like fourteen hundred listings a month. Yeah. We had fourteen hundred active yeah. listings at a time, which in Utah we're accustomed to about twenty four hundred at a given time. 
That's what we like that makes us feel pretty. 24 to 2700. We were at like 14 to 1700. So very low listings. Almost half of what. And then over the past couple months, yeah. Over the over the past month, we're over above 3000 now. So we had we swung a little bit, but I don't think it, it's just that. For me, I don't think it's a sign of like, oh, it's it, it popped. I, I don't think it is. No, there's not. It just means we got no. a few oh. hundred homes up for sale. Well, and it all happened in a key month too. I mean, you yeah. look at it happened. Like I said, we joke around with July or June 28th as we we feel that that's when slow down. July we have two holidays in Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay, people mm-hmm. just finished a bunch of stuff getting out of school in June. They go on vacation. I know mm-hmm. people that literally took three weeks on vacation in July. Mm-hmm. You had buyer fatigue that said, ah, let's wait. Yep. And then you had an increase in inventory. And August. And people want to get into their houses before school starts. They don't want to go out and find one now. Yeah, Yeah, so they're going to wait. If you don't have a house under contract by mid-July, you're not closing before the time school starts. Right. So by about mid-July, people are re-upping their their lease, or they're moving in with mom for the next year, or whatever they're doing. They're staying put for another year. It's kind of a big deal. They want their kids in the school. And and Utah is really big. It's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I pulled this up. This is another table because I'm a numbers guy. Um, but you can see this trend of this is one way to evaluate whether or not you're in a sales or a seller's market or a buyer's market. And it is the median price of solds to the asking price, right? To the to the listing price. What they sold for versus what they were asking. So, so if you're a hundred percent, right? That's that's equal. People are giving you what you're asking. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're at a hundred and seven percent then that's a strong seller market because people are set, they're offering 7% on average more than what the ask price is, right? So you see 100% in October, in December it's 101%, that's in March it's 104%, in May it's 105%, and then June taps out, 106%. This is across the state of Utah, 106%, right? And what happens in July? We lose 3%. So now we're tapering in off. In one percent, you see the In decline. 1%, that 3%, what that feels like is the the insanity, the chaos of a popping bubble. Well, this is not popping. Well, that way. and you also compare that with days on market would be another really cool graph because. Yeah. yeah. Do I have, quick, oh, quick. I have that one here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then all the way all the way up to seven six. days on market. Yeah. Now From and now six. now we're trending up, <laughs> right? And the, I, granted, like yeah, you're still spending time on market six days, but this is also yeah. well. What's you know, I mean. Anything average time on market <laughs> yeah. a year ago was 30 days, 20 something days? It was 22 days a year well, ago. Almost look, a month. We're right? almost a whole oh. year back right there. It's nine. Oh, we, we can look back. Oh, so right. it went to 12. Okay. There you go. 2019 is 38 days a month. 38, yeah. That's January 22. So let's look at a couple uh, of years ago. So 21 days in July 2019. Yeah, you're a month July, on market, and that was that was okay. That was yeah, expected. That was normal. Right. And people have been conditioned by this new market dynamic that we're on the market for two, yeah, three hours. It's been on the market for three hours, and it's not under contract. What's that's wrong with your what, house? What? Yeah. yeah. And that's you know yeah. when you're rabid like that, then yes, that happens in in markets, and that's what was happening in May. Well, that's yeah. not what's happening. And that comes back to talking to good lenders, good agents, getting information, people you know, like appraisers and stuff, of learning the market because this is going to gauge on how you help your buyers and how you help your sellers mm-hmm. actually do the, do what they're wanting to do. You have to know what's going on. Otherwise, there's false expectations, and now you have not happy clients causing not good issues. And then still take the time to get the house you want. Like it may take a little longer to find it or something, but don't go buy the first thing. Go get a home inspection. Make sure your agents 
analyze it well, that you're getting a house for a good deal, even if you're bidding over appraised value. Like, mm-hmm. That's still, in some markets, I have $6,000 seller paid closing costs and they're chipping in for the home warranty. And in other markets, they're saying, I'll pay you $20,000 higher than your next bid and I'll beat any appraised, you know, I'll pay over the appraised value and by I'll, this much. And $10,000 hard upon, upon acceptance. acceptance. Of this contract. <laughs> so like know, know your market because you may have an agent who doesn't know the market that you're buying in offering way more than they yeah. should in the house. Of course the seller is going to accept it and you just lost Use yeah. a thousand. Yeah, you just left fifteen thousand dollars on the table that you didn't need to spend. Well, right. and, and to kind of come back to to all of that of bringing it in, if you want to look at what our housing industry is doing here in Utah, go start looking at watch some of the city council meetings. Mm-hmm. You can go have some really good insight about what is coming because big commercial developments and businesses, it's it's been planned for two three years already. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Yeah. So when you all of a sudden hear that, oh, there is a, a huge resort getting built. There's seven tech buildings getting built. There's this getting built. That means more jobs that are coming, which yeah. is gonna take away from inventory. So that kind of gets back to the whole bubble thing, which is why, I mean, I personally don't think we're in a bubble. I think we've slowed down a touch, but not in a bubble, and we're gonna continue to climb. Yeah. Still the best time to buy That's real estate is now. Support, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I see us continuing not as fast as we have been, mm-hmm. but I see us continue going, continuing to appreciate for at least through 2022 and probably into 2023. Yeah. I don't think it slows down until either rates go up or there's so much buyer fatigue or the people just get priced out. Right to yeah. where that four hundred forty thousand dollars, and we've now seen the slowdown. Five hundred thousand, yeah, part of the slowdown. Well, and then where that's going to happen is the investors are coming in, and you'll now rent. Yeah, and where Utah's transitioning into that larger metropolis city. Yeah, it happens. I hear I have people complain say I can't afford to buy a house. People won't be able to afford to buy a house, and you you are absolutely yeah, go, right. Go check out the other large cities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have homeowners yeah. in the city. Denver, yep. Portland. Yeah. Denver, Portland, DC, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. So, what did we learn? Nothing. Well, my, <laughs> what did you learn? <laughs> my key takeaway is that you shouldn't be listening to your neighbors tell you about oh, what what your home is worth. You should be looking at market fundamentals and talking to people who know what they're talking about. Did we just call that good? <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say, don't, don't. If Facebook is telling you, don't. Yes. <laughs> just, just go talk just to don't. someone. Well, and just like what Tyler said, I mean, remember that if you want to go look at the information, actually go pull the actual data, analyze it a little bit, do your research a little bit. Don't just jump on something and go do it. Think about where you're at. The best time to still do it is when you're prepared to do it, yeah. when your family's ready. Yeah. yeah. Right, one, one, one last thing, like, and, and just as a sign of that, like Zillow is buying homes now. Companies like Zillow don't buy homes, but they are now because they have faith in where it's going. So, yeah. Yeah. So we just had a really interesting podcast right here. And I know that there's some people who disagree. Comment down below. Tell us what you think. What are your thoughts on that? Do you disagree with what we just said? Ask questions. And if you ever want to reach out to me, you can hit me up on Twitter at at JustAskJoel. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us a text at 801-228-7687 
make sure you mention the show. You can email us at the Utah Real Estate Show at gmail.com. You can watch this show on YouTube and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you learned something or if you really love this show, give us a like on YouTube and drop a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Utah Real Estate Show is a production of Hive Collective at Presidio Real Estate with support from Security Home Mortgage. The NMLS number for Security Home Mortgage is 178787. The NMLS number for Jason Christiansen is 240472, Equal Housing Lender. Not only is this not legal or investment advice, but you should definitely talk to a pro before you make any real estate decision. Every situation is different and should be considered in context. Copyright Jason Christiansen, Eric Wist, and Tyler Kazare. All rights reserved. Talk to you next week. Right? And, but we didn't stop having babies, actually. We started having more babies. Um, so as a, cause that's what we do when you don't, anyway, we'll just cut that out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> they went from being construction management to gynecology and now they're delivering all the babies that were conceived. You're just on the babies. Babies. So, so.